Welcome to the Quack Hole Podcast, the most official, unofficial, Oregon Ducks podcast on the web photosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official Quacky and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon Duck content. On to the show. Quack. 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 I'm Aaron Schroeder. That's right, and this is the Quack 12 Podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web, Footosphere. And Aaron, I've been watching the Ducks take a whole lot of L's lately. How about you? No, I refuse. I refuse. Well, you missed Well, a this good is week. so terrible. Oh, well, let's hear it. To refuse. That's terrible. I shouldn't refuse. I should try well, to support them but i'm maybe with basketball you're a fair dumb. weather <laughs> yeah yeah i think so maybe with duck fandom in general this is one of the only sporting podcasts in which one of the podcasters is not all that into the sports covered but you are there <laughs> we, we do go through them I care enough for the both of us. Um, my heart has been stabbed multiple times this week, four to be precise. Uh, however, at least the, the Diamond Ducks are looking good. We'll get into that only a little bit at the very end. Um, but, you know, maybe I can really start going to some of these games, these softball, baseball games and favorite some live breakdowns. Favorite tweet from the Quack 12 Twitter account I've ever seen. Oh, was it that. the nachos or a hat dag sitting oh, yeah. at the game? It was a hat dag. Yeah. I don't eat nachos at sporting events. Hot dogs, yes. Nachos, it just seems a little too messy R- with my hands. Not as easy. Out oh, I thought it was maybe more risky because of the cheese. Well, the, no, my my body is used to uh, disgusting artificial cheese at all times. <laughs> that, you know, it's fine with that. It actually has a bigger problem with like fresh vegetables and stuff. <laughs> um, but you know, in uh, baseball, like, actually, is, what is that? A yeah, tomato? What? <laughs> yeah, what? Get this out! I told you, ketchup, not tomatoes. Cucumber, go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's right. This is a rated R podcast for yeah. new listeners. For you listeners that are like, oh, I'm going to listen to some off-season bas- duck basketball content this late in the year. And let me tell you, it's that- an off-season <laughs> for sure. It is an off-season, but surprisingly, I'll, I'll be up front with this. Listenership for the Quack 12 podcast is up. It's on the rise, y'all. We got more listeners than ever, which is very funny to me. But uh, hey, you're we like learning as a group. Yeah, spread the, spread the word, the good word of Quack Twelve Dumb, uh, the true fan podcast of the Oregon Ducks. Aaron, uh, we do have some news, some quacking news right okay. off the bat before we get into the more depressing stuff. Now, you knew uh, our offensive line coach Adrian Clem. He went off to the Patriots, which. Makes sense. Getting that NFL gig is always smart. Is it? We Well, I think so. Well, we got someone, actually, who went the reverse route. Uh, he was the defensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings. More importantly, he was a grad assistant for the Ducks 2019-2020 uh, seasons. And this is, of course, Aleek Terry returns to the Oregon Ducks as the offensive line coach. Uh, the higher, if you love it, it's because, you know, he's already been with the program. He's worked with some of the absolute great, you know, I mean, worked with uh, Penny Sewell, uh, Calvin Throckmorton, Shane Lemieux. Obviously, that was also under, like, Mario Cristobal, the offensive line guru. If you, Even if you didn't like the guy, he made a good offensive line, and that was a really uh, senior-heavy uh, group, yeah. you know, 
Um, but so if you love him, it's because he's worked with that crew. It's it's because he's worked in the NFL. A lot of people are you know uh, have liked him in the NFL. Like he's not leaving because he was canned or anything like that. I don't believe so. Who knows? I don't really pay attention. Yeah, we don't need awfully. We don't need a uh, Chip Kelly on our team. That's for sure. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> crack me up, Aaron. He got I fired. That was a good thing. I love hashtag it. facts, it. bruh. And if you don't like this hire, it's because you're like, well, it's not a grand slam hire. We're not going out there and finding the absolute best offensive line coach. But I like this, you know, feeling of getting a little like pr- almost promoting within mm-hmm. someone who's like eager, who liked the program, who wants to probably return to the college game. I like the hire. Uh, let's see what happens. You know, it's going to be. We're replacing a lot of, like, you know, uh, really good offensive uh, line talent. So it'll be uh, a, a, not a, a huge ask per se. I mean, like, because we still have, like, the most talented, I would say, offensive line in the on paper in the Pac-12. So he's got a lot to work with. We'll see what happens. I'm excited. Um, he was Is working it... uh, with the D-lines with the Vikings last year, by the way. And just so I'm... Making sure I did hear you correctly, he mm. was a defensive line coach, and is becoming our offensive line coach. Yes, absolutely. Is that a pretty but normal thing to switch from I, one discipline to the other like that? For linemen, it is a lot of the times. I think uh, you know, not like like usually you're going to really stake your claim in like one side or the other. However, a lot of the mechanics, you know, like building up the body, like it makes sense that you would be able to. Uh, in 2019, you're looking for the same kind of a player. It's just in a matter of discipline of how the play you want to design, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, it, or people can specialize in a whole bunch of different things. You know, um, he was a grad assistant 2019, 2020 uh, for the Ducks, and then he went to Hawaii in 2021. They were kind of a garbage fire team, but, you know, uh, he was offensive line coach there and then gets to the Vikings. So, like, he must have impressed people enough. Before that, he's actually from Miami, Florida. What's that? So he was offensive line to defensive Mm -hmm. back. Now he's coming back to college offensive line. You're getting it. It's all. So next year he's going to go to, like, the Colts. You know where I bet you he'll be if he does really well here in one to two years, probably one year. I bet you Mario Cristobal will hire him because he's a Miami, Florida native. Oh boy! Started his coaching career as a quality control coach at Wake Forest in 2018. Uh, yeah, so I'm I don't know. I'm excited. That, that How seemed like intriguing. Well, Especially the timing. It was pretty awkward timing of the offensive line coach leaving. You know, it's like after all these hires and stuff that I think this is a re- this is a good get um, considering the circumstances. Now, Aaron, I've got a, a strange tale to tell you. Mm. Are you ready for it? Okay. Um, so, news broke, I believe, like, I want to say the 15th of February, something like that. So, like, you know, not long ago at all. That one of our most highly regarded transfers into the program, he had played for Alabama, uh, Treshawn Holden, was a wide receiver who was basically rumored to uh, you know be competing for some playing time, for some starting time even. Um, so Treshawn Holden was for a while on Wednesday morning, it says, uh, was facing three charges, menacing, unlawful use of a weapon and coercion and was actually he was in custody uh, according to records from lane county jail and so due to that like pretty quickly it seems like it seems like this happened pretty quickly oregon head coach dan landing uh said holden had been dismissed from the team yeah it was like you know, that was uh, not a, a uh, position of need per se, but, like, you know, this is a pretty big get in the transfer portal. So uh, immediately dismissed from the team. So what do you think of that? Correct decision. All Don't. Right. Well, yes, continue. Okay. 
if that well is going to be followed up by <laughs> I knew it you was, um, you know, the wrong guy, they just, you know, like it was just racist cops picking up a black guy because why not? I really showed my hands here. I'm not saying it's that per se because we don't know anything, but I was going to let you <laughs> really unload what your thoughts were, and then I was going to tell you something. Here's let me the just facts. get right to it. Then. If it was him, <laughs> if yeah. it was him, mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry, dude. That's a huge mistake. Red flag. Like, maybe Absolutely. you need to work on yourself and understand why you're making really risky, boneheaded decisions, you know, or fucking come talk to me before. Like, it sounds like, what, was he trying to rob something? Well, okay, now time to get into this. Okay. Then there is an update to the story, uh, February 15th, 4.30 p.m., specific time. According to Lane County Jail records, Holden has been released and is no longer in custody. Update February 18th, 7 p.m. Lane County District Attorney's Office has opted to not charge former Oregon wide receiver Trayshawn Holden following his arrest earlier this week. Wednesday morning, Holden was arrested on accusations of menacing unlawful use of weapon coercion. Later that day, Oregon coach Landing dismissed. So, yes, we all know this. But then uh, KZI reported that the Lane County District Attorney's Office will not file charges against Holden. And it was reviewed with body cam footage and video surveillance and interviewed additional witnesses. Um, His attorney said Treshawn Holden did nothing wrong. Uh, The Lane County District Attorney's thorough review of the evidence has confirmed that. Now that he has been exonerated, he deserves to have his good name back. Um, And in fact, so like all three charges have been listed as clear. And so seemingly... Absolutely cleared from all these charges. So what's up uh, with the gun thing? How did a gun show up into this storyline? Do, do not do not know these. Like there was at one point supposedly like uh, a gun found in like his apartment or so. I don't even want to speak of this because it's just like it's just so much things they article, just put together and then all dismissed. So mm-hmm. clearly. This and so, as far as I'm concerned, this sounds like, like love unrequited. Well, as far as I'm concerned, it's like, hey, if all these things have been dropped, then sh- get that off. Especially the because like, there's body cam. If there's body cam yeah. footage, that makes it be like, oh, obviously oh, I have this is no wrong. idea. Yeah, like all these things are so vague. Um, so just waiting for the story. I hope, honestly, at this point, can I don't know what Dan Landing knows. But I would hope that it's like, okay, get this guy back on the team. Like, <laughs> apologize to him. Yeah. And be okay. like, hey, I hope you understand. Like, so, those charges are pretty bad. Now that I have all the details. Yeah, this is a lesson, right? Like, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah, get off the team. Bye. Yeah, like, I mean, if it was stuff. cut and dry, like, the report came out after they had worked through the whole system of, you know, uh, judge and jury to realize that yeah he is indeed guilty of this yes you drop him but if it's breaking news and then you drop him and then it comes out that he's obviously cleared of all charges then yeah you did maybe maybe Lanning pulled the trigger a little too quick because yeah, I, I he guess, obviously didn't more. check yeah. in with his player to see what was going on to get the player's side of the situation. And he obviously didn't talk to authorities and what and figure out what the Well, report. no, no, no. You said obvious you said obviously. We don't know okay, any yeah. of it. We this. will take Maybe away obviously. he did. Yeah, no, you need to Maybe so he all did all the speculation. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, no, we have no idea. Okay, so then the only thing I'll postulate on is that I would not be offended if Lanning does, in fact, try to get him, be like, reinstate him, and then the player says, actually, I'm good, go fuck yourself. I I mean, I do not, I wouldn't blame the dude if he's like, "Uh, you know what, I don't want to live in Eugene, Oregon anymore. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wouldn't blame him. Wouldn't blame him. (laughs) Uh, wow, what a trippy Hopefully, story. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like basically a non-story, but it's just like 
huge accusations and then nothing and and you have no idea what's in between but uh hey i don't know let's see what happens just gotta wait on that one i guess it, it goes to show you not to to just wait for the facts sometimes you know especially with those allegations and like well it's the it's the um it's the goal of the stoic is to learn as much as you can and then make your decision after that to help benefit the majority seems like a lot of people made a lot of very rash decisions in that situation and then they had to call it all back and people got like, pie on their face now maybe yeah we'll see what the what the hell goes on there um now well we've stalled too long <sighs> unfortunately we have to get into the sports wait right. didn't we have one other bit of big news for the oh that's right that's the general right. pack 12 the general Pac-12 news, which is trying to remain the Pac-12, yeah. the loss of the L.A. schools, it seems more than rumor now. I mean, Pac-12 university presidents have already approved the next steps in this process, so it seems likely San Diego State Weird. and SMU Weirder. will be joining the Pac-12. Because it's clearly they want... Texas and they want California represent. You have to have California at least. Well, I know Texas why they're going nice, to Texas yeah. and I know why they're going to SMU. That's money. Yeah, I mean, that's a hundred percent money. Well, it's a huge thing because you want. It also probably puts the Pac 12 in a different tax bracket because of the way Texas does taxes. I bet there's like huge cuts. I don't think this matters as much as like the biggest thing is for recruiting. You need to get to California and you need to get to Texas and you need to have uh, them regularly on your schedule means that you can actually go down there and you can recruit while you're down there. All people can see you play in person in those areas, those specific areas that if you don't recruit there, then you are just done. Or like if you if you're not getting recruits from those areas, right. then and you're so, probably never going to be elite. And so now, because mm -hmm. it's no longer outside of the zone, now that it's inside the Pac-12 zone, every coach plus the Pac-12, will be able to write off all of the expenses of going to Texas. And they get to do it inside the state tax code of Texas, I bet. So well, it's like I definitely think it's like exactly yeah. what you want to do because it's where you want to go, but now you don't really got to pay for it because you can just write it off because it's business. Certainly, yeah, certainly taking your jets down there you and also recruiting. Like, That's what it is. Yeah. You know, the people nice. that run the Pac-12, the the suits, if you will, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're just fucking greedy little shitheads. They should have gone to, like, Idaho or Ohio. Dude, they're, not, dude, they're not greedy little shitheads. Well, they are, but I'll tell you this. They're also desperate little shitheads. Because right, because they they're situation. greedy. Yeah, because Larry Scott <laughs> really, because of his absent-minded yeah because idiocy um basically they're in a situation where they need to sell their media rights and because like the big 12 jumped in there really quick because sec and the big 10 are just such better products and acc already got theirs done a long time ago basically it's they're just left like like please like who wants us who wants us and a lot of people are being like, mm, we could do without you. It'd be nice to have, but yeah. also how much is Pac-12 well, sports and, really bringing in? So they are desperate right now. And think about this, too. When you go to Dallas, what mm. you are also getting access to is some of the highest level of production value because so much like heavy-hitting outlets are located in Dallas, especially in the sports realm. Mm -hmm. That all Absolutely. of a sudden that, your studio yeah. quality is going to look bit better. You're in a much larger marketplace so exactly. that your ad revenue is going to jump out of the fucking roof because now you've mm -hmm. got Texas sports on your screens. That's you what got they, Texas that's the viewers. Idea. This is that's a well-played money move. Not only are they saving fuck tons, they're making more. It would be, but Psycho. I got to say... 
it would be in general, but I'm not sure. I don't know enough. I want to do more deep dives into SMU if this actually happens. But um, I'm not sure if they're going to be a program that's, like, any good. It's like, yeah, they're in Dallas, and I, they have had, had a history of being good. But, but I'm not I, sure this will, yeah. I am almost fairly San certain. San Diego State is a Mountain West school that, like, I'm seeing that, like, they're just, like, sure they've beaten other Pac-12 schools, and they are very Pac-12 in general, besides the fact that they're, like, mainly, like, defense-oriented. But it's just, like, I don't get much value besides, like, yes, we're in California still. Or, you know, obviously in that part of the state or whatever. Right. Like, just more California representation. We're near um, L.A. <laughs> I Yeah. It's just, like, I don't get... Yeah, I don't get the huge. This isn't a big power move. Like honestly. I remember SMU having a pretty good program as a kid. Like they have a good history. Yeah, I don't know if it's because I spent so much time as a kid in the Dallas area because that's where my mom is from. Mm-hmm. But especially because my mom's family is a Razorback family. Mm. So, but I always know. I always remember SMU sticking out. And they're better than, yeah, they're better than that other school that is also in Dallas that we will never speak of. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. It's I'm for it. It makes sense. You're getting into a bigger marketplace. You're expanding the region of coverage on a consistent, like, consistent coverage, like you said. So, I, and, I it's, just... and it's not crazy to get to Colorado or New Mexico, or we don't even have a team in New Mexico, to Colorado or Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. It's not crazy to think. I mean, you're flying anyway. Yeah, to Pullman. It, Pullman yeah. sucks to get, period, though. Um, I'll say this, man. It's like, it's just rearranging, uh, you know, chips on the tit- uh, deck. Will you help me out here? Rearranging chairs on the Titanic. Yeah. Pac-12 is fun. Well, when the well, Big Ten, Big Ten is adding USC and UCLA, stealing that from us, and we're adding shit like San Diego State and SMU. Well, it's, it, uh, We may not even be in this freaking conference, though. I look, think we will, but like, I think it's... The big timers are making big time plays because they can just throw money around. Yeah. I bet you... Yeah. There was a lot of research that went into it because I would be interested to know what teams will SMU be playing that are not a part of the Pac-12 conference this coming season. Like the non-con. Because if they are playing against, like, Abama, or if they're playing against the Longhorns or the Aggies, fucking any of those schools, you're going to get... You're going to crush, crush the numbers. And if you're crushing those numbers on your own network where all the ad revenue is yours. I think you I think you are inflating what what SMU football is nowadays. <laughs> they well, lost no, it's just, BYU I mean, the it world. doesn't matter if they lose every game. It doesn't matter. You're not getting you're not getting them because of their quality. You're getting them because of who they play. Has huge audiences. They play Oklahoma. There you go. I mean, so they'll probably play know. the Longhorns. Yeah, we'll see, man. I, I don't like this move. I kind of get I it. Think- I think it makes sense. It's 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 a low level move, but it's one that looks like we said greedy people being desperate. And their answer to making money was by just getting into a marketplace where good teams reside for ad revenue yeah. well this yeah i don't know it sucks pac-12 sucks uh these teams are like i don't know it's like we added like, a couple like arizona states is what it feels like quality wise. yeah here's the thing this is i'm gonna equate it to a very specific thing that you might not even understand what i'm gonna say because hey, i like it you might have been just a little too young and i don't know if you like emo <laughs> Uh, um, continue. I do not. It's like this. There's a label from California, I think, 
called okay. Vagrant Records. All right. In Some the early 2000s, stoked. this was like the record label to be on. Um, and it was they it ended up being called the first mini major because it made so much fucking money. But then a few key bands went on to be on left and went on to major labels. And so Vagrant was kind of left with not their heavy hitters anymore. And they just disappeared because the common thought was, oh, well, Vagrant sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So... But it's not true because they were they're still crushing it. It just doesn't look cool because the diamonds are, you know, fell off or whatever. And All I'm is saying is it's just it's just settling into the place where we were always supposed to be and trying to make the best of it. Hey, I like it. You know <laughs> what? Let's see. Uh, until we lose to SMU, uh, I'll be more optimistic about it. Um, Aaron. Let's get in to our next segment, and that is Quack Quack Ball. Hell yeah. Absolutely. That's going to be the most exciting part of this segment. Who do you want to start with, the men or the women? Well, I'll tell you who we're going to start with. We are going to start with... The men, because, fun fact, like mm-hmm. Oregon men's basketball has held their opponent to under <laughs> 70 in all of their wins. That is so true. Thank you for that fun fact. Look at that. Boom. Uh, that is very true. Uh, what is also true is, I'll, I'll tell you this, against one of the teams we played, Wazoo, the second game uh, of the week, Second loss of the week. Um, we did hold them to under 70. We held them to 68, but we still lost that game. <laughs> so, I mean, it doesn't break that. It's, but, yeah. Amazing. Aaron, Aaron, this has been a rough season of men's basketball. Mm. I, now, I don't need to keep going on, like, how rough it was to have all the injuries early on. But I think there's the other thing that has been talked about to death, not just by me, but anyone watching this team, is just that like the guard play is not there this year. There's stretches where any one person can show up, like Will Richardson. Will Richardson sometimes will show up in a game. Uh, Jermaine Kuznard has definitely gotten better as of late. Keyshawn Bartholomew had a big game, especially against Wazoo. But typically, they're not showing up at the same time, and it's just dooming us. And Will Richardson, especially at his career arc where he's, like, you know, like approaching, you know, potentially, like, some of the most games ever played as a player uh, for the Ducks. Wow. You know, uh, the, the men's basketball team. And, you know, is up there for a bunch of assists as well, like most assists. It's getting up there, like top five already. Um, It's just he's not living up to, you know, lofty expectations, but the the expectations that were there. And so that accompanied with the injuries, it's just been a bit of a rough showing, especially when a lot of these games are within reach. Now, I'll tell you this. We started off. Against UW. This is U- University of Oregon at UW. Right. Okay. And they were ready. They were ready to play. Like, there was actually a pretty good showing for it. Not only that, but, um, like, the- Oregon had a lot to play for. Oregon was, even though we've had a pretty rough season and we had lost to UCLA, they were saying, like, okay, so they are the, I believe they were saying the last four in. Uh, and... So we were going to the tourney if we could just kind of win most of these games, certainly win this game. Like, we only had really one a quad two win up against Wazoo if we could beat them 
other than that, though, there was not a whole lot of, like, quality wins even to be had. It was just kind of, like, taking care of our shit. Um, UW is not a great team this season. They're getting better, but they're not a great team this season. And this game was back and forth. It was actually a pretty thrilling contest. It started, like, super late. It was like a half an hour, I think longer than that, honestly, watching it delay because the hoop just kind of malfunctioned. Like, it just kind of broke down, and they couldn't get it back up, so they had to go get a new hoop. They brought in that hoop. Uh, it was definitely not a crew that was, like, immediately knew how to put this thing up, it looks like. There was even a point where Dante was out there trying to help until they were, like, Pulled him off being like, no, you can't. Like, we can't have you injured setting up the hoop, you know. Hey, bro, you don't like, work for the union. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I bet You're there was so in. much union paperwork to get that hoop. <laughs> yeah, they're like, I don't care if all these people have to wait. I'm not busting my ass. Yeah, hey, we want an extra three hours pay for this. That's overtime, to- so it's two times and a half. Talking to my boss, pal. I ain't moving till I finish my sandwich. Yeah, oh, we boy. want um, unrestricted access to the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Quack 12 is pro-union, by the way, I just want to say. Unless... Oh, I'm totally uh, the, pro-union. Unless the minions, the interns that work on this podcast revolt against us, then we're completely... We will bust that union so fast. <laughs> you better believe it. We will get so many damn scabs. Um... Infelly Dante had a huge-ass game in this one, 19 points, 8 of 13 from the floor, 13 rebounds. Jermaine Kuznard, like I was saying, had a really good one, too, 18 points, uh, hit 3 of 8, 3-pointers. And then Nate Biddle had a lot of energy. He was really – he's actually had a really good late-season push from Nate Biddle, 11 points from him, where you're really going to circle – what, who really is going to take a lot of blame from this because he's supposed to be a leader is Will Richardson. Will Richardson doesn't need to be a dominant scorer per se in every game for us to win, but Will Richardson had zero points in this game. He was 0 of 3 from the floor, 0 of 2 from three-point range, and late in the game when Washington was rallying back and like we desperately needed someone just to, like, take control i think a lot of people were commenting that he was just not looking to score he looked kind of honestly afraid to score to shoot Mm -hmm. Uh, he was looking for anyone but him he did not want to take these shots and in the end he was the one who when we in overtime who he took the our final shot and was just uh, like was going for like a layup and was just like rocked, just blocked, just just couldn't wasn't even a good at that point. Probably should have just passed it out or thought of a better thing to do. Uh, so it was a pretty rough showing from him in a game. You think that he's it, taking like, something on the side? What do you mean? Oh, you think like <laughs> like he's throwing the game? All theories are possible at this point. Sure. I I mean, no, I don't think that. Okay. I think it's much more likely he <laughs> is not him. <laughs> he is not that good. Or it's not I don't want to just leave it at straight up he's bad, he's good or anything like that. It's just like this year in a lot of these clutch games, he cannot be called upon to win them. Which most people can't. Most people can't in this world or in college basketball, you know, that's a rare thing. Uh, certainly he can't do it. He's not a Peyton Pritchard, you know. Um, we led in this game by as many as eight, I do believe, in the second half even. Uh, but then we went one of nine shooting at one point and just, just they freaking rallied back. To Washington's credit, man, they had this little guy on. Uh, what was his name? That's right. Uh Keon Menefield, I want to pull up. I don't know if I have his actual height, but oh, whatever. Uh, 27 points he scored and hit two clutch three-pointers. Just just really kept them in this game. I mean, 27 points from them. We, sh- we really should have. We had such an advantage, I thought, in the paint, 38 points in the paint, that I thought that was going to be the deciding factor. And Dante actually, like, scored the bucket that got us two overtime. And, like, 
I can see why Will wanted to pay, pass it so much uh, because that is where we had our advantage. But it would have been nice to have someone just like take it, like take control. Actually, Keyshawn Bartholomew to get into the next game really did that for Oregon, and it was kind of nice to see. But I mean, it fell short. I don't know, man. It was tough. Um, have there not been any like post game interviews? With him, oh, sure. Oh, with Will, yeah, they have. But I don't. I'm. I'm sure they're half. I have no. I don't want to listen to it. They're all just kind of player coach speak. Like nothing interesting that I've read. There's no insight of like, is something going on off the court in his personal life that is like just really affecting his game? No, man. I not that. Not that we've heard of. Not like last year when you had like mono or something. It like, feels so I mean, weird. So, it feels hey, off. Dude, I'll tell you this, like, sometimes people can get mono and that can affect you for, you know, many years. Like, you know, uh, th- th- this could be said about any player and we should, so this is why we shouldn't just, like, shit on college players or probably even professional players, you know, even though sometimes they're paid so, you know, they're so wealthy because of it. But, yeah, sometimes it's just you're off for a whole year or you're just, like, not there to, you're not going to reach this really high bar. So I'll tell you this though, man. So like after UW, my heart was broken. You know, yeah, it's a one point loss. Wow. Um, on the road to your our most hated rival, we still had a shot. We were still just outside of Lenardi's like in. You know, we were like uh, I think we were the first four out. So it was like okay, going to Pullman, which is a tough place to play. Washington State. They kept saying best twelve fifteen team in the country because it's true. Even though their record's not good, they are actually a good team. They hit hmm. the three. Like, they're just – their main thing is hitting that three, so you can't count them out. And they've lost to really good teams. They've lost in close games. And they've had a lot of, like, injury, and they've got some – but they got some great players, and they're all coming back now. Oregon was was close in this one. Uh, it was a back-and-forth affair. But due to being outscored forty-one to thirty-five in the second half, we just got bow race. We were out of it, dude. Um, <laughs> Will Richardson hit his first two three-point attempts. Got to say, he came right out and just boom, drained to three, boom, drained to three. So that was nice to see. And Ducks were shooting pretty well. Um, actually, in the first half, we shot forty-six percent, and we limited limited them to twenty-nine percent. However, I mean, it was still a close game. It was still like 20. We only had a three-point lead at that point. So that was kind of, we didn't take advantage of that. Holding, limiting them to that shooting percentage, we really should have, like, amped up uh, what we score, like our actual point differential there. Sure. That would have helped us out um, in the end. I mean, I mean, Will Richardson was out for a little stretch, and so that meant that, our hot hand, which at that point was absolutely, uh, uh, sorry, Keyshawn Bartholomew, who came in off the bench, actually, so he fouls someone, gets a flagrant one, he fouls someone who's going up for an easy hoop, and he hits him in the head. It was clearly an accident, but it's like you still hit a head, like like a vulnerable player, and so it's like he started off pretty rough there. But then he came in, stole a uh, inbound pass, scored that really quickly. Was hitting threes, playing with a lot of good energy. He's just being aggressive of, on the court. Yeah, it was nice to see. Went seven to ten from the floor, made seventeen points. That was a, a team high. Uh, so he actually did really well. Um, uh, as did uh, Jermaine Kuznard at least scored. Uh, he scored 12 points. Infolly Dante, 10 points are always good. 11 rebounds. Uh, but may, really, Bartholomew was the star of the show for the Ducks. But <laughs> Washington State, they even out-rebounded us in the second half. They just showed more energy. Their crowd got into it. Uh, Muhammad Gay got 18 points, 12 rebounds. He's He's really fun to watch, honestly. They just wanted it more, even though we had so much more to fight for. Like, we're trying to get into the tournament. And with this loss, we are, I, I, you don't want to say officially, but we are basically in desperation mode of, like, now we're going to have to 
at least get to the Pac-12 championship game. At right. least do that. Probably actually win the whole thing. It was a tough game to watch. Um, yeah, this team is is not. They're not terrible, but mediocre is probably the best word to describe it. Uh, certainly not clutch. They have the possibility to beat a good team, but also to lose to a straight up bad team. <laughs> like, yeah, they are ragu pasta sauce. Yeah, yeah, you know that's great. Sometimes you accidentally make it with a cu- you throw in a couple extra spices and accidentally it's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I agree. Most of the time it's pretty just like this is probably gonna lose and no one's gonna. Everyone will eat it. They're not gonna really mm. talk about how great it is. <laughs> or if they do, they're just like you know they're just being fucking polite. They know they know it's ragu, man. They know. You're yeah, everybody's like, oh, ragu. this is canned sauce. Mm. Hmm. Didn't put much effort, did you? Um. And up next is at Corvallis, at Oregon State. I mean, Oregon State's as bad as us. We'll see what happens. It actually should be an interesting game because it's like neither team should. I mean, it should just be fueled by hate at this point. Who who wants it the most? It's yeah. kind of fun. Then, last two games of the season, the Bay Area schools come to Eugene, Oregon. Cal is truly the bottom dweller of the conference Wow. So we should beat them in Eugene, Oregon, probably with not many fans in attendance. And then Stanford beat us earlier, really, like, stomped out er momentum we had, this little bit of momentum we had. Uh, And that'll be the final game of the season. And then Pac-12 tournament to hopefully not go to the NIT because that sounds terrible. We'll still cover it, folks, but that sounds terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, in great detail, will we talk about how that goes down? (laughs) Aaron, uh, men's basketball, you got got any words for their most recent week? No. Fair enough. uh, Yeah. It seems like, I don't know. I mean, I hope they're still, like, really trying. And at this point, that's that's just all you can ask for. It seems like we're going to yeah. lose. We're going to be done pretty quick. But I hope they haven't, like, just given up. I'll tell you this. I hope everyone stays healthy. Yep. I hope Will Richardson dishes out a ton of assists, you know, really gets that record going. And I hope he has a good, you know, last couple games here. And that we go into the Pac-12 tournament with some assemblage of hope. That's all I'm asking for. I hope everyone stays healthy and that this season doesn't affect anyone's chances for a possible future making legit money at a thing they obviously love doing. There you go. Hey, look at us being But if hit a stretch, that sucks. Hey, podcast listener. Hey, Come you. over here. Come yeah. over here. Get over here, yeah. huh? Nice headphones you got in here. Oh, yeah, I like those, Chevy. Be a shame if something were to happen to those headphones, eh? <laughs> Stomped them on the ground, eh? Be real easy to avoid that smashing if you went over to the Quack12 Twitter account. And gave us a little follow. Just a little follow, that's all we're asking. And hey, look at that. I hear you listening to your new podcast apps in your car, huh? Driving home, making the long journey feel a little shorter, eh? Is that yeah. what he's doing there, bud? <laughs> yeah, turning your three-hour drive into a nice little vacation, huh? Be a shame if your car ended up on the bottom of a lake. Splash. Splash maybe with you in the trunk of it, huh? Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. Maybe all that can be avoided with a little trip to the Quack 12 page on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is go to Apple Podcasts, Quack 12, give us five stars. Yeah, the internet, you got it, bud. Five stars, leave us a little comment, help other people find it. 
Maybe it'll help people find you when they find out that you're gone missing, if you catch my drift. You seen the posters on the telephone poles? Yeah, those are those are people that didn't give us fucking five stars. Some of them did, and we did it anyways. And then, uh, you know, uh, oh, hey, hey, look at, look at this podcast listener on their long inner, inner uh, continental flight, making things not so bad, not wanting to hear that baby by covering it up, wah, wah, so they say, putting on them headphones, trying to get the sky waitress's attention. Get over here, give me more of that. Quack 12 podcast. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, you want some more of that Quack 12 podcast, don't you? Yeah. You want to buy some more from us, don't you? Get it. Otherwise, you know, because if you don't buy this Quack 12 podcast insurance, you never know when your plane's going to go straight down into the water, into the old Atlantic, never to be seen again. Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. In case you don't want to be part of the rock and roller club, of the bottom of the fucking ocean, then I recommend you go to the Quack 12 Patreon. Come on, come on. Why don't you go to the Quack 12 Patreon, give us five smackaroos, and for that we can forget about the whole nasty business have you on your way. We'll forget about it. We'll forget about it, all right? Five measly dollars, that's all I got. Now listen up, punk. Because it looks like you're not seeing so good right now. My boss is talking to you, chump. Aren't you chump? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, let him, let him go, Mikey. Let him go. In the bottom of the fucking ocean. Ayo! Quack, quack. This is great. This is great because, Aaron, I've been, throughout the whole season, hotter sometimes than others specifically at the beginning of the season. But I've been pretty angry with Kelly Graves, right? Sure. Have you? Not as a human being. I feel like you've been on the fence. I've been like, his seat is heating up at least, right? Yeah, you've been talking all season that you are slowly thinking about possibly questioning. Realistically, he's built too much goodwill in something that you know, there's pressure because people loved good women's basketball yeah. in Eugene. Like, clearly, it's just we saw the potential under UNESCO, which Kelly Graves brought us, you know. So, like, there's so much goodwill that I, he's not getting fired. He's not getting fired even in a year or two, you know. So, but what I'm saying here is I keep asking myself the question, would someone else in this world be able to get better product out of what we have in this team right now. And, I, you know, I my answer is different. What I want to do, though, because I've been very negative <laughs> online, especially I've been, you know, poking some jabs. Some people have really not liked it even. And, I, you know, I get it. You want to back someone who brought a lot of grace. So what I want to do here is I'm going to try to switch my attitude, a little attitude adjustment, Aaron. Oh, and I'm going to try to be positive for a bit. I'm going to say these things. Positive light. Silver lining here. You okay. Know? That being said, this has been, uh, you know, pretty bad week. Pretty bad. This is me still being positive. But, yeah, it's uh, undeniably pretty bad week for the women's basketball team. Um, we played same team the men's team did. Uh, Washington State. Washington State is a team that upset us earlier in the year. To Wazoo's credit, they're actually having a really good year for them. Overall, they're, they're really turning that program around from what was a pretty bad uh, program. They had their first win in Matt Knight for a while, and now we went out to the Palouse, and we did not fare very well. Um, oh, no, no, no. Uh, sorry, 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 sorry. I do believe this was at Matt Knight Arena. What am I talking about? Oh, boy. No, no, wait. <sighs> Dude, I am losing my freaking mind. This wasn't the Palouse. This wasn't. This is what happens when you try to be nice. Wait, no. I watched this game. This is, I'm losing my mind. Last Where call, is my Beasley Coliseum, Pullman, Washington. Yes. We lost 64 to 57 
I did, in fact, watch this game. Um, it was it was hard to watch. Neither team played that well, but Oregon certainly played worse. This is our sixth straight loss. It was tough. Uh, overall, there, we made six assists on 23 made field goals. That is rough. 17 turnovers, 18 points scored off of those 17 turnovers, which makes us a lot of a difference when they only scored 64 points, you know. Um, Van Sluten had a really, was actually really competitive, looked really good, which made it even worse when she went down actually twice with an injury, but that second injury looked especially bad. Uh, I believe, I want to say it was on the left ankle. I definitely should know this, but it was the opposite ankle of where she was injured earlier in the season. Uh, she would actually go on to miss time against UW I do want to give her credit like I mean all season she's been great she's possibly the Pac-12 freshman of the year I think she should still be honestly but um yeah she may Kelly Graves has come out and said this is an injury that took place like final couple minutes of this game too so fuck yeah we were down by like 10 so we're looking for 10 ish looking for some spark of hope from just a hapless offense and she goes down and pretty hard. You know, she had it in some kind of like icing thing for the next game or whatever. So, and he says she's going to be out for at least the regular season, probably further. I would probably not push it personally. I don't know. We are we are getting perilously thin, which we got to give Graves credit for that too. I mean, like with Prince out as well with injuries, he has had a rash of injury like that has, has made this roster a thin – Yet talented, but like a thin roster. Yeah, um, this is we're below sixty points for the fifth time in our last six losses, which you know our last six games, last seven games now. Uh, the eleven first half turnovers really doomed this game, but also we're getting more hesitant from the three point line which is just making us less effective. Yep. We had a season-low 12 three-point attempts. And, uh, yeah, Van Sluten left in the fourth, like I said. Everyone but – I mean, Rodgers had a pretty good game, but everyone else, like, not so much. Chance Gray, uh, another great freshman. Like, th- this is the promising part of this team, Chance Gray and Van Sluten, the freshman. 18 points from Chance Gray, 17 from Inja Rodgers. Um, and 11 from Van Saluten, but overall, yeah, freaking sucked, man. Now, against UW, this is a, a team that we had regularly kind of thromped, actually, because we had 10-game win streak over them. That ended uh, this last go-around because even though Pow Pow, Pow Pow, who had, a, a, honestly, a really terrible stretch in the, like a, a career low stretch where it's like yeah. multiple games like scoring under three points, you know, uh, just not looking good, looking a little slow out there. In this game, to her credit, especially if we're looking for highlight uh, silver linings here, 22 points from Pow Pow, which is a season high for her. And she had six three-pointers, three, six made three-pointers, which is a career high. I mean, that's amazing. Um, especially a lot of points in that first half, she was really helping us out. Really, like, uh, like she was the offense for a bit there. But uh, in the end, we lose this sixty-eight to sixty. Really run out of steam. In what you can basically the same game over and over is what it feels like. Is like the Ducks just are out hustled either in the beginning or the ends of every single quarter. Uh, eventually, in the second half, we fall behind, you know, a good, like, 10-point whatever deficit. We're usually able to rally back and make it a lot closer in the end, but never really able to pull out in the clutch outside of, like, once or twice this season. Right. Uh, no matter who we're playing at this point. Because before we got into that fourth quarter... We had only scored 30 points. No, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. 28 points. No, let's round up. No, 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 no. I'm wrong again. 
Wow, I'm losing my goddamn mind. I'm sorry. <sighs> we had scored 38 points. Still oh. not all that much. Still not all that much. Uh, no, that it doesn't. Was a, it was a, that doesn't make no. you think you're gonna win the game. Going into the fourth quarter, not having scored. Fuck. I mean, what should you expect at the beginning of the fourth? Like, at least fifty-six points, right? Uh, I mean, you would. This old Oregon team, it would have been like we would have been hitting at least sixty, like getting approaching seventy a lot of the time. But we had fifteen turnovers, so we were never able to get into that. Like the pick and roll. Wow. People, Graves keeps saying like we're coming off the screen just like too slow. Um, and what does he mean he, by that? It, like literally, it's just like the pick and roll. The reason why that's effective, basically in any sport, you know, is because you're doing it with such like efficiency. You're coming just like off the screen so quickly, uh, you know, that you're able to create that space. That you're making these decisions quick enough that you're able to get an advantage out of there. It's just the chemistry isn't there. The speed isn't there. And he says, like, you know, I remember hearing a quote from him, like, after Wazoo. It's like, we're doing the same things in practice. We're trying so hard. It's like, my God, like, something needs to – I don't know. At this point, it just seems like the season needs to change because it just well, – it's not going to happen this year probably. Yeah. You know, I wonder – let's zoom out for just a second. Mm-hmm. Uh – I like TikTok. On TikTok, something that gets thrown at me a lot Mm -hmm. is high school kids and college kids. Well, maybe not college. I think they're all high school because they're trying to get to that college sport level. They're doing this shit where it's just like extreme speed skills of like getting the ball out of your hand as fast as possible. Like things Mm. where they're like just you know like one step jump and then like just, just hitting innovative training is what you're saying yeah you know? it's like these but it's like what they're able to pull off now would have been unthinkable when i was in high school right so that's just mm. like 24 years or whatever 23 years so over that period of time you know, I'm wondering, is this a situation where the skill level at which other teams are already recruiting because of this elevated advancement in playership, we're mm-hmm. just not looking at that stuff because we're still maybe in an, well, it's all, basketball is just a game of rules. You don't need, you know, you can train everything else, but it's, you know, does this make sense? I, I, Aaron, I do think it does make sense because I, uh, and again, I want to say, this. I don't know if Obviously, I explained myself well. I tried to, I but think, it's like, no, maybe we're just a little, maybe our thought process is a little too old school. I'll tell you this, man. I think we need some innovation in the program because, and again, I'm just a fan. I got no insight, but as someone who's watching all these games, you know, yeah. just like everyone else, and I think some things can just, uh, just appear kind of obviously to you and through what he's saying a lot of times with like the way they're training how a lot of the times there's there's not a change up that and that the way we clearly want to play is still the same style of play unless someone can i would love for a listener to write in like say if i'm just like talking out my ass here but it is the same style of play with that with very little kind of change up as the unescu days now that requires having just in a truly amazing synced in roster like that those rosters were at the height of the Graves era. Now, you know, you should just train to your system or whatever, but at some point if you want more wins, if things get thrown your way like, you know, Sedona Prince isn't there, the guard play for whatever reason is not as, you know, consistent as you would like. Uh, you got some freshman players in there, even though they're incredibly talented. Uh, you know, the three is off or something like that. If you can adjust, which back in the day, the adjustment used to just be like, oh, the three is off. 
Ionescu is going to just have to do some crazy-ass shit. Heber's right. just going to have to do some crazy-ass shit. Uh, Sabley's just going to, like, power through and just start draining the three. It's something, you know, like, you just had to play through. Like, it was just through this amazing talent. And we still have a lot of, like, t- top-tier talent, not quite at those specific levels, especially, like, you know, you look at Filipino Che, and it's like Filipino Che is, like, physically, yes, really dominant, like, really going out there, like, getting some great boards. But is not the offensive weapon that you know the amazing Ruthie Hebert was, or Sedona Prince. Like she's not what Graves wants in that position. Or like we only have like India Rogers is definitely the most like top tier, regular, consistent offensive threat. Pow Pow, outside of this amazing Washington game, has had a rough stretch, and we haven't had enough. Like, whether it be, like, off the bench or just, like, top-tier guard play, and we're not, like, not playing with enough elite speed. So, it's, like, we're not able to do what we have been on that. I'm not saying you should throw out the system, but it's, like, we probably would need that to win more games. And what does make me a little afraid for the future, I will say, not just the near future, for in general, is I'm not sure... Just just injecting whatever transfer or young freshman talent into the system next year will result in immediately or even by the end of the season getting back to being able to run what we did and stuff. Right. Uh, of the it's, glory days. I have two thoughts. Both Let's are so uh, unspecific. I mean, or anyway, everybody knows how I think. Here we go. Yes. First thought. Maybe they're bored. You know, maybe they, the they players don't look like they're having fun. I'll tell you that much. Man. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe they are unsatisfied because the system that they are being put through the drills of isn't working, and they're bored of it, and so that's just adding to the situation. Two. Uh. To your point, yeah, about the system and trying to fit things in, it feels like maybe adapting. Because, like, you okay, you said something that it kind of keyed in on, which was that somebody who had a certain position wasn't exactly what Kelly Graves was looking for. Filipina Che. Thank yeah. you. So and then, then Kennedy Basham is 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 behind her, but she's a freshman and and also. But here's the situation: is that well, okay, I get it. She's maybe not the best thing for your ideal scenario, so maybe adapt your scenario to be ideal for her, so that way we get the best performance. Exactly, personnel. Over I don't know. Basically. It just seems somewhere the 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 system doesn't work, and it. I don't know what. This is all obvious. System's not working. No, I agree. You need man. to fix it. I, agree. I don't know why we're not fixing it. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, oh boy. I agree. Yeah. Let me um, ramble on for 10 minutes to say the thing everyone says at all times. Well, friend, speaking of rambling on, we've got one last little segment here, and that is. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and crackers. That is right. The softball team, those mighty Oregon Ducks, have had an undefeated week of softball play. Thank you. Oh, nice. I forgot we had that. Got to put it up there. Utah Valley, 9-0, to zero, we swamped them. We beat them in six innings. We didn't even need the whole thing. 
Then against UC Riverside, 6-1. and one. We'll see them later. Loyola Marylont, we blasted them out the bleachers, 9-4. to four. Then came San Diego State, future Pac-12 team, the future we'll see, 6-4. to four. And then, once again, UC Riverside came to play, and once again, they sent them pack, or they sent them back home uh, crying. 12-5. to five. We will enter Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic next week. Meanwhile, the boys over in Baseball Town swept Xavier. One, two, three, four games. You're out. All four games won by the Ducks. First uh, 4-0 win season since 2016 for the top 25 Ducks. Go Ducks. Wow. Oh, man named Dimashio. I do. Hell yeah, my man. Hell yeah. So, I mean, again, I'm talking out of my ass for a lot of things. Too much for the Diamond Ducks. So, we're, you know, it's more of a segment here right now, but I am getting more interested in it. There's a lot of heat on the baseball, and I'm going to start going to these games, I think. See, they got to be cheap, right? Yeah, they're not crazy. There's seats available. Is it a general admission type thing or is it assigned yeah. seating well i know i think it is assigned seating but this is usually enough you can move around a little yeah that's I'm tight excited. aaron it's been a rough but it's still been a fun season of duck basketball maybe we got some surprises maybe they'll just all turn it on and suddenly both teams are just killing it in march probably not no let's see what happens yeah no um <laughs> Yeah, basketball, be crazy, y'all. <laughs> so true. See y'all next week. Quack, quack. Quack, quack, yo, dudes. And local recording.